epistles of Paul, and uh, we're in the book of Ephesians, and we're going uh, to the fourth chapter tonight, and uh, we had a real good lesson last Wednesday night, uh, the Lord blessed in that, and uh, we're going to take it a little bit further in chapter four this evening, I got some uh, interesting things. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1, 2, and 3. That's about as far I believe uh, we'll make it uh, tonight. And I covet your prayers. Uh, uh, my, uh, my throat is not sore right now, but it's just it's, uh, it, it's hurting in my throat. So uh, just just Covet your prayers, but let's go ahead and get into the Word of God. So I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you uh, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. Let's read those again. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you, I implore you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Uh, now, let me stop and say, because of that word vocation, a lot of people say, well, he's talking about those called to preach or teach. But he's talking, remember, this letter was not written to just preachers. It was written to the church. And we all have a calling. We all been called. And I'm going to show you something interesting about that word vocation in just a moment. I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness, meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I want to talk to us tonight uh, briefly. I've entitled our lesson, Living with Yourself and Others. How many know as children with God, of God, we not only learn to live with ourselves, how our conduct should be, our relationship to God but also how we relate to others and in these three passages of scripture that we just read Paul talks about living with yourself and then he then, then he, he goes, steps in to, to living uh, with others and we're going to uh, uh, talk about that 
I want to uh, first tonight talk about uh, living with yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. The Christian walk mandates certain responsibilities in reference to our personal conduct and how we live day to day. Amen. Uh, I don't like the word, I don't like to use the word obligation, but the Apostle Paul said, I am a debtor. I'm, uh, you know, for what God has done for me, he said, uh, he had the feeling that he owes something. Hallelujah. And the Christian walk mandates that there are certain responsibilities in reference to our personal conduct and how we live day to day. Now, I understand that none of us are worthy of the grace and love that Christ bestowed upon us. None of us are worthy of that. There should not be any argument there. But that does not give us an excuse not to apply ourselves to excellence in the call that God has given to us. He has called us all out of darkness into his marvelous light. Paul said in another place, I press toward the mark, the prize of the what? High calling of God. And there again, that's to the whole body. That's to the whole body. We are pressing for something. We're trying to achieve something. We're trying to attain something. Hallelujah. And uh, we have to apply ourselves. Because as Brother Darrell said a while ago, this old flesh does not go, do anything spiritually willingly. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everything I do, everything I do for the Lord I have to drag old Sammy Pruitt around kicking and screaming. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, everything I do, and when I say I, I'm talking about, remember that, that inner man we talked about? Hallelujah. That one that it's, that, uh, that's united now with the Holy Ghost, that new man? Hallelujah. Well, uh, I, have to, I have to drag my old flesh kicking and screaming sometimes, amen, into doing what I need to do, hallelujah. Um, we need to apply ourselves uh, for part of the reason that God called us is to make us better than the way we were before he filled us with the Holy Ghost. God called you to make you a better person. Amen, a better woman, a better man, a better husband, a better wife. Hallelujah. Amen. But sadly, far too many demonstrate little or no improvement for years after they come to know Christ. Hallelujah. The fact is the modern church world makes little or no effort in striving to walk worthy of the call of God on their lives. 
and they they use like a crutch an old thought that says, well, I'm only flesh. Let me tell you something. That is a lie Satan wants you to believe. Because listen, you are not only flesh. You still got flesh. You still deal with the flesh. But uh, you are not only flesh if you have the power of the Holy Ghost within you. If I was only flesh, I never would do the will of God in my life. My, fl my flesh, hallelujah, would have full control. Hallelujah. So I can't use the excuse, I am only flesh. God says, I have given you my spirit. And I preached, I think it was this past Sunday, we used the scripture. Remember we talked about where Paul said, through Christ I can what? Do all things. Hallelujah. Amen. But the church world, the modern church world, uh, is, man, they're failing miserably. That's why... That's why the devil hates places of worship like this. I was reading, I read an article. I, uh, I get, I get uh, a subscription to Charisma magazine, and I got a new issue just the other day. And uh, there's a, an article there of, uh, that Jim uh, Sabella wrote, the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle. Uh, the choir there is well is uh, worldwide famous, uh, and uh, he's pastored there for years. And uh, in his article, he was talking about how basically this ain't the word he used. He said, uh, he, uh, but he said the world's going to hell in a handbasket. He said, and the modern church is not letting any room for the Holy Ghost to come in. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, but not long ago, I was invited to come speak at a big mega church. He says, when I got there, I had people usher me into a, a, a big, nice uh, living quarters. They called the green room. Everything in there, man, was plush. And, uh, and uh, 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 the church leaders and the worship director and everybody was sitting around uh, uh, sipping tea and uh, uh, and, uh, and just kind of talking, and then uh, uh, at at a pointed time, uh, they all get up and they go around to this big conference table, and uh, one guy passes out the paper, and uh, everybody who who was over everything there in the church, the worship leader, uh, uh, the uh, the ushers, uh, uh, the um, everybody that had, had anything to do uh, that, that led that big, huge congregation, he passed out the outline for the day's service. And Brother Sambella said, well, he said, I was sitting there, and they looked, and they said, okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have praise and worship for 15 minutes. Then he, he, he pointed to so-and-so, which was a deacon in church. He says, now, you're going to have the prayer over the offering and says, please do not run over one minute in your prayer like you did last time because you're going to run into our solo this time. 
that's a fact that I read. He said that in this church, he, he told the deacon, uh, uh, the main church leader says, you make sure you do not go over one minute in your prayer. Then he said the soloist has got, got four minutes and 30 seconds to sing her song. He said after that is over with, he said then our guest speaker has got 25 minutes to speak. <laughs> and he says, I wonder how in the world can the Holy Ghost break in to something that's that tight-knit and wrapped up in man? Hallelujah. That's why, folks, what's going on in the world? We're going to have to quit blaming the president. We're going to have to quit blaming Congress. We're going to have to quit blaming the school. And we're going to have to put it where it belongs. It goes back on what the so-called church is doing or really what the so-called church is not doing that it should be doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Program things so tight like that. I mean, this, this, he said this was a mega church. And, you know, to be considered a mega church, you're, you're looking at at least 10,000 members. How in the world do you get that many people will have something that cut and dry? I'll never know. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so anyway, amen. You know, we are not just flesh when we got the Holy Ghost within us. It's past time for all God's children to start realizing what honor the Lord has given us to make us his children. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you realize God has honored you? He's honored me. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to be called the sons of God. I mean, if we can be called a son or a daughter of God, folks, that's a great honor God has, has given us, making us his children. And we should strive to walk worthy of that honor. Amen. Don't ever take for granted what God has called you from. Don't ever take for granted what God has brought you out of and what you're experiencing him today now let's 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 look in this scripture a little bit deeper that i want to i want to look at that word vocation because when i begin to um uh get in there and and, and study that uh I, I found some interesting things i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Now, we're talking about living with yourself right now. The responsibility that you have for yourself and God. Uh, I, never, I, I never knew this. This is one word that I've never looked up. Uh, uh, but, and I, I, I'll probably, I'm probably not pronouncing it uh, exactly right. But the original word uh, in the Greek uh, is, is cases, pronounced cases. And it actually means an invitation. That's 
what they used it for back in ancient Greek uh, uh, history. So you could actually say, walk worthy of the invitation you've been called to. Anybody ever got an invitation to go somewhere to a wedding, a baby shower, or, or something like that? Paul says, walk worthy of this invitation you have been given. Man, this stuff gets good. Now, follow me and stay with me just a few minutes. Amen. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out something here. We're going to go. Uh, well, let me, let me finish that up. It comes from the word. It comes from a root word, kaleo, which means to be bidden. Bidden, B-I-D-D-E-N. To be bidden. That's where that word vocation in that instant in the Greek comes from. Now, invitation or to be bidden. Keep that in the front of your mind while we read out of the book of Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto certain, a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them what that were bidden. Wow, when I connected them two, man, I had a shouting spell. Now, Paul told him in Ephesians, walk worthy of the vocation. Walk worthy of this invitation you've been given. You've been, you've been called to something. You've been bidden to something. All right, now here's Jesus speaking a parable. He sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden or that were invited to the wedding, and they would not come. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Again, he sent forth other servants. Tell them which are bidden. There it is again. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, but they made light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the raiment took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to this verse. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Amen. This shook my soul when I tied this together. We, remember, we started out, Paul told the church in Ephesians, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Why do we need to walk worthy? Because, church, just because you've been invited don't mean you're going to get to take part of it. 
Hallelujah. Just because you've been invited, just because you've been bidden, come on. He said, they that were bidden, they that were invited, they're not worthy. And then we go on down to verse 14 of that same chapter, a well-known scripture we all, for many are called, but few are chosen. That's why we got to strive to walk worthy. Hallelujah. Church, I don't know how you feel about it, but I got to make it. Hallelujah. I can't, I, I, I've, come, I've come too far, amen, to, uh, to allow myself to be deceived by the devil or by me. Some kind of way I've got to stay, as we talked about last week, we got to make that inner man stronger. Hallelujah. So we can order him that rather than him, Order in us, Amen. That uh, that's what it's all about. Not that we uh, now that we've established the fact that God expects us to walk worthy of our call. We're going to continue with lowliness, with with all lowliness and meekness. Now this is how we do it. How do we walk? Worthy of our call. He said with all lowliness and meekness. Now, these words that we're fixing to talk about are similar, but yet they're a little different. I looked up this word lowliness, and it led me to this definition. Humbleness of mind. That's what lowliness means. Humbleness of mind. In other words, it has to do with the way you think of yourself. Hallelujah. If we're going to walk worthy of our vocation that God has called us, we've got to guard our thoughts. We've got to do as the Bible says, let no man think of himself highly than he ought to think. We gotta have lowliness. We gotta have a humbleness of mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Uh, let me give you some scriptures in Philippians that has to do with that. Philippians uh, chapter two and verses three uh, through seven it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's, what it, that's, how, that's how you're able to, to walk worthy of your call. You esteem your brother or sister above yourself. Hallelujah. You're going to have to be willing if you have to play second fiddle. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We... There, there's no room for headiness and high-mindedness in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Listen to this. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also 
in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation. See, that's the attitude Christ had, and that's the same attitude we got to have. We're not here to build our own name. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to build the name of Sammy Pruitt. I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have that ambition. I'm trying to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm trying to point people to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. That's what we've got to do. That's how we, that's how we uh, go about beginning to walk worthy of the calling. And then meekness led me to the word gentleness. And the definition that I came up with, it said not to be harsh or overbearing. Wow. Not to be harsh or overbearing, be, be, but be gentle. It's tied to another scripture talked about that uh, about gentleness and meekness and uh, uh, this is how we should be. Uh, and then now we're going we're going to finish these scriptures up about living with others. We talked about how that we live our own life, our own conduct, but living with others. You know how we relate to other people is very important. Amen. Very important. And there's three things we read that we're supposed to have in a relationship to somebody else. And two of them are very similar, but yet there's a little difference. He said, be long-suffering. You remember what we read there? Back at the beginning? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Long-suffering. He used the word uh, long-suffering. Long-suffering. Listen, here's, let me just give you a definition. I'm going to try to uh, get on through this. To give others consideration. To be patient with them. Long-suffering. Be willing to go the extra mile and giving them an extra chance to do the right thing. My, my, my. <laughs> I don't know how you feel, but I'm glad the Lord's been long-suffering with this fellow. Hallelujah. The Lord's went the extra mile with me more than one time. Hallelujah. He's been patient with me. Sometimes we don't want to extend that patience to other people. But Paul said be long-suffering. Then he said, forbearing. Now, like I said, long-suffering and forbearing is very close. But I got the definition about forbearing is to put up with their inconsistency and their faults. Wow. Be tolerant if they are making an effort. So, in other words, if somebody is falling and stumbling and making some mistakes. But if they're showing that they're honestly making an effort, they're trying, 
He said, we've got to be forbearing with them. We, 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 we've got, we got to be willing sometimes, amen, to, uh, 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 to put up with some things. It's kind of like this, folks. You know, a baby can bring joy and happiness into a family, but there never has been a, never has been a baby without some stinky diapers. <laughs> Hello. Amen. A baby can bring joy and happiness, but there never has been a baby without some stinky diapers. And if we're working with babies in the church, there might be some time we've got to clean up some messes. Still love them, still pray for them. Don't walk away from them and give them up the first time they make a mistake. Kind of goes along with the message that I preached down for Brother Swan. You know, if they stumble and fall, help them up, help dust them off, let them keep going. Hallelujah. Because that's what God's grace and mercy is all about. That's what it's all about. And I firmly believe, I firmly believe, I'm loving seeing these new ones come in. It does the church good. It, it helps the morale of the church to see new babies born. But we also shouldn't forget those that have fallen by the wayside. That if it's any kind of way that we can get them in, and restore them, it's worth it. It's worth it. And then the last thing he said, keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Or in other words, maintain the unity the Spirit provides. Uh, Church, for God's presence to move in a, in a congregation, there's got to be unity. Hallelujah. Now, having unity doesn't mean that, that, that we all have, have to agree with everything that everybody else believes. But it's having enough love of God in you, amen, going back to forbearing and, and all that stuff, Amen. That we love one another. Now I'm talking. I'm talking about issues that you know that has nothing to do with salvation. The Bible says in Psalms how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We need to strive for unity and peace in the body of Christ. Amen. We need to strive for that. Stop and think about. All, all the ministers that's in the fellowship that we <coughs> have fellowship with, uh, there's not a there's 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 not a pastor, there's not an evangelist that I agree eye to eye on everything that they teach or believe, and likewise them toward towards me. But we know the importance of maintaining unity in the bond of peace. 
Hallelujah. Because the things that we differ on are, are non-salvational issues, and we shouldn't cause a, a division in fellowship or the body of Christ over something that has nothing to do, that's not a heaven or hell issue. It's more important that we keep unity and the bond of peace. Hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's our relationship to others. And the more unity we can have, the more freedom the Spirit of the Lord will have in the church. I've taken my voice about as far as I can go tonight.